Welcome to the Sunday Sermon Podcast of First United Methodist Church in Opelika. We'd love for you to join us for worship each Sunday at 9 o'clock or 10.30 a.m. To learn more about First United Methodist, visit us online at fumcopelika.org or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at fumcopelika. Thanks for tuning in. This morning, we are uh, continuing in our sermon series uh, through the Gospel of Luke, a sermon series that we are calling uh, Joining Jesus. And today, our scripture reading will come to us from Luke chapter 5, uh, Luke chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 11. Uh, and as you are able, I will invite you to stand for the reading of the Gospel. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He, Jesus, uh, got into one of the boats, uh, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let, your nets, let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And let us pray. O God, open us up. Open our eyes so that we can see. Open our ears so that we can hear. Open our hearts to receive whatever it is that you want to take out of your heart and place deep within ours. Then open our hands so that we can serve. And may I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. It was the summer of 2014. Uh, I was on staff uh, working in youth ministry at Fraser in Montgomery. But at the end of that summer, uh, I was going to be moving to Durham, North Carolina uh, to start my master's at Duke Divinity School. 
If I'm being honest, I was beginning to experience a bit of anxiety about this move. I was beginning to wonder what I could expect my first semester and what I could be doing now to prepare. So I picked up the phone and called a mentor. Dr. Byron McCain was one of my professors in undergrad, and he had done his Master's of Divinity at Duke, so I thought that he might have some helpful advice. I'll never forget the advice that he gave me. He said, Patrick, the best advice I can give to you is the same advice that was given to me nearly 30 years ago when I was in your shoes. He proceeded to tell me the following story. He said that he was sitting in Duke Chapel for opening convocation. The dean of the Divinity School opened the convocation by telling all of the incoming students that they had a decision to make. He said, many of you will be here for the next three or four years, and each and every one of you needs to make a decision. Now, uh, don't worry. Uh, there are some things you don't have to decide. You're going to have to do your homework. You don't get to decide that. You're going to have to go to class. You're going to have to study and write papers. But there is one decision that you do have to make, and it's this. As students, are you going to dig in your heels and decide that you already know everything you need to know? Are you going to decide to spend your time in seminary merely going through the motions, unchanged by anything? Or are you going to decide to open yourselves up? Are you going to open yourself up to the life-giving Spirit of God? Are you going to be curious are you going to ask questions? Are you going to be willing to learn, willing to be challenged, willing to grow? Are you willing to be changed by the work of God in your life? That's the decision you all have to make. So which will it be? Dr. McCain told me that not one student raised their hand and said, I'm going to be unchanged, thank you. I'm just going to do my homework, write my papers, get my diploma, and go about what I was going to do anyway. No one said that. But Dr. McCain said, Patrick, I do have to admit this to you, and I don't want to sound judgmental. But three years later, when I was getting my diploma, when I was walking across the stage, it was obvious to me that some of my classmates had done just that. They spent three or four years learning a lot of really fancy words. They even learned some interesting facts. But there weren't many signs of growth. There weren't many signs of change. Dr. McCain said, Patrick, this is my advice for you. As you begin your seminary journey, open yourself up to the life-giving Spirit of God. Be curious, embrace the questions, embrace the struggle, and relish in the time that you will have to think and to pray. That's the best advice I can give you. This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, which marks the beginning of the season of Lent. 
And as I have been thinking and praying about our upcoming Lenten journey, Dr. McCain's words have bubbled up within me because I can think of no better invitation for us all as a community of faith. This is the best invitation I know for what it means to journey through the Lenten season. So what will the 40 days and 40 nights of Lent mean for us? What will they mean for you? Will this season be a season of wrestling and renewal? Will this season be a season of spiritual growth and change? Or will we dig in our heels? Will we decide that we already know everything there is to know? Will we show up in the sanctuary to sing the hymns and pray the prayers and go back to our lives, go back to our work, go back to our homes, unchanged and unaffected? Which will it be for you? Before you answer that question, I think we should consider what happened in our scripture reading for today. The disciples, specifically Simon Peter, have fished all night, and they've come up empty. Now, to be clear, uh, Simon Peter grew up fishing. He inherited the practice, the, the family business, from his father, who probably inherited it from his father. Uh, so don't you know that Simon Peter did exactly what he was taught to do? Uh, don't you think that he went about fishing that night just as he was taught? Don't you know that he went out on the water just as he had hundreds of times before? Don't you know that, that he followed every process just so? Tying those ropes off just right? Trolling the same waters he had when he was a kid? Uh, spitting on the hook before casting it in? Okay, he probably didn't have a hook, but the point still stands. Yet having gone through every motion, doing everything just as he was taught, the way he was raised, Simon Peter came up empty. And that's when something remarkable happens. Jesus shows up. Jesus hops into Simon Peter's boat and he asks him to push off. Did you catch that? He asks him to, to put out a ways into the deep water. Water that Simon Peter may have never dared to explore. Water that he was almost surely unfamiliar with. Water that was unpredictable. Water that might require him to fish in a new way. Water that he would have never arrived at on his own. And in that moment, Peter has a decision to make. He has a decision to make. Oh, will he dig in his heels? Will Peter insist that he already knows everything there is to know about fishing? Will he take offense at this wandering preacher telling the fisherman how to do his job? Or will he be curious Will he take a chance? Will he try something different? Will he follow Jesus into uncharted waters? 
David Bowie gave an interview once where he said this. He said, quote, I think it's terribly dangerous for an artist to fulfill other people's expectations. I think they generally produce their worst work when they do that. The other thing I would say is that if you feel safe in the area you are working in, you're not working in the right area. Always go a little further into the water than you feel you're capable of being in. Go a little out of your depth. And when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom, you're just about in the right place to do something exciting." End quote. I've been thinking about that quote a lot lately how it might apply to me, what it might mean for you. Jesus is inviting Peter out of his depth, beyond the safety of what he could easily do on his own. And Peter could have said, Jesus, I've been working all night. I am ready to clock out, go home, and call it a day. Instead, Simon Peter accepts Jesus' invitation to go into the deep water and throw down their nets. Do you know what happens? They catch more fish than they could ever imagine, more than they could have ever expected. And we know, don't we? Oh, we know that in Luke's gospel, fishing isn't just fishing. Luke's gospel is not a fishing manual after all. It's a metaphor, is it not? It's a metaphor for a life of discipleship. So let me be clear, this is not a story about how Simon Peter caught some fish. This is a story about how Jesus caught Simon Peter and invited him in to a life of discipleship. So I wonder, I wonder if the same Jesus is summoning you with an invitation today. An invitation to go out a little further, to put out into deeper water, an invitation to take another step of faith, an invitation to take a risk of getting to a place where your feet can't quite touch the bottom. So as we look ahead to Ash Wednesday and our upcoming Lenten journey, we have to ask ourselves a question, don't we? Be honest with yourself. How often do we simply go through the motions of our faith? How often do we go through the motions unchanged and unaffected by anything that the living God is doing in our midst? We've got to wrestle with that question. Because the invitation to the Lenten season is an invitation, I believe, to go out into deeper waters, to seek the true depth of our faith to go deeper in our worship, to seek the depths of God in our practice of prayer, that we might be transformed just like Simon Peter. Now, uh, Simon Peter sometimes gets a bad rap. Uh, He has a tendency to put his foot in his mouth. He has a tendency to speak before he thinks. He has a tendency to act before he prays. But friends, we are no different than the disciples we read about. We can't do any of this alone. 
In order to push off into deeper waters, we have to be open to Jesus jumping into our boats and into our lives and leading us there. We know that we need God's guidance. We know that we need God's strength. And we surely know that we need God's mercy and forgiveness. We cannot do any of this by ourselves. That's what Ash Wednesday is all about. I hope you will make it a point to gather with us for our Ash Wednesday service. On Ash Wednesday, we will be reminded of our frailty and our finitude, but we will also be reminded of the love God has for us. On Ash Wednesday, we will receive ashes on our foreheads. If you've never been, it's a bit of a messy process. But those ashes are there to remind us of our own messiness. Those ashes are there to humble us. From dust you came and to dust you shall return. It's another way of saying, by myself, I don't have the ability or the capacity to pull any of this off. It's another way of saying, I can't do this on my own. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you've got nothing left to give. Now, if I was a Baptist preacher, I'd say every head bowed, every eye closed. Now raise your hand if you've got nothing left to give. I'm not going to do that. But if that's you today, know that you are not alone in this room. Maybe you're a teacher and you don't feel like you have another lesson plan left in you. Maybe you're a nurse, and you don't feel like you have another batch of empathy to extend to your patients who apparently don't care to listen to what you have to say anyway. Maybe you're a caretaker, and you're exhausted from watching someone you love be destroyed by a disease you are helpless to stop. Maybe you're a mother or a father, a stepmother or a stepfather, and you don't feel like you know how to make a good parenting decision anymore. Given the compounding complexities of your family life, maybe you've tried everything you know how to do and you've got nothing to show for it. I don't know what it is for you, but I know that there are people in the room this morning who feel like they've been fishing all night long and keep coming up empty. My dear friends, I want to invite you, I want to invite all of us as we begin our Lenten journey to open ourselves up to the life-giving Spirit of God. I want to invite you to be curious, to embrace the questions, to embrace the struggle. I want to invite you to embrace the pain or the grief, the exhaustion or the confusion that I know some of you are feeling right now. I know I am. Over the 40 days and 40 nights of Lent, I want to invite you to relish in the time that you will have to think and to pray. For this is the greatest invitation I know. 
for I know and I trust that we will be led into deeper waters. For Jesus is standing on the shores of our lives, ready to jump in our boats. So the question is, are you going to just go through the motions? Are you going to dig in your heels and tell yourself that you already know everything you need to know? Will you arrive at Easter Sunday unchanged and unaffected? Or will you put out a ways? Will you push off just a bit? Will you explore unfamiliar waters? Will you let your nets down into the deep? Will you accept Jesus' invitation to journey into deeper waters? Before you answer that question, I wonder if you'll pray with me. Uh, But as we pray, I want to invite all of you, just where you are, to hold out your hands just like this and to leave them there. Take a deep breath and let us pray. God, we are standing on the edge of Lent. We are standing on the shoreline of a new season. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of uncertainty. But we have heard your invitation. So will you take out of our hands all that stands in the way? of us following you into deeper waters? And will you put into our hands what it is you would have to give us this day so that we might know you more fully and more deeply? Amen. Friends, God is the one with real power. And there is a freedom in letting God's power be God's power and not ours. There is a freedom in giving up, trying to achieve everything on your own. There's a reason that when we come to take communion, we come with our hands open. Because you cannot achieve communion with God. You can only ever receive it. And I believe that so much of the Jesus-centered life is just flipping our hands. I'm going to achieve it on my own, or I'm going to flip my hands and receive what God has for me. If like Simon Peter's nets, your hands feel empty today, Jesus Christ can work with that. Because God is the only true provider. God is the only one who can make a way out of no way. And I love you all, but you are not God. And neither am I. So stop trying to be. The good news is, you don't have to be. So if you've reached a place where you are ready to let God be God, 
If you have reached a place where all your efforts have failed and you're willing to follow Jesus into deeper waters, the altar is open for prayer. I invite you to come, to kneel, to pray. And as you pray, may Jesus catch you, just like he caught Simon Peter in the wide net of his mercy and grace.